This is the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast, and I am pleased to bring you, dear listeners, an interview with, Are you? would, would it be fair to say, you're not the leader, would you say spokesperson, figurehead? Yeah, I would say I would say leading spokesperson right now is probably a good title. Uh, James Russworm from Edmonton, Alberta. Uh, the studio is Keywords, a contract support studio for Bioware in Edmonton. And as I understand it, before the pandemic, you were working in the studio. So the uh, team that I'm actually on, we never were in the studio because it just our contracts sort of. Uh, spun up right at the beginning of the Mass Effect Legendary Edition testing. So mm. pretty well, uh, we were f- working from home from the get-go. Okay. So it was a uh, impending uh, return to office that uh, was yes. part of the initial insight. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I wanted to start the interview by personally saying thank you, James. As a game developer, I have found the work that you guys have been doing truly inspirational, and, and I'm really thankful for everything you guys and gals are doing to improve the industry that I'm in, like genuinely. So thank you. Oh, well, we really appreciate that. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. I've never actually been on a, any sort of podcast before, so this is a first for me. I heard you on uh, Matt Galloway's CVC, right? Yes, they did a phone interview uh, with me, um, and then I actually, is is that episode up? I haven't actually heard it. <laughs> I read a transcript, so I didn't listen oh, to the okay, episode, okay. but I read a transcript, and I can assure you, James, we are much less lame than Matt Galloway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he was very nice, he was very nice, but it was very brief and very mm. business, so mm. I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to uh, trying the podcast format. Well, we're all about business here too at CanadianNibs.com, but a different kind of business, I think. Uh, painting the painting the scene here, this is the first Canadian video game union. The game dev union, I should say. Uh, the first one in North America, Vodio Games, uh, founded, founded, what do you call it, formed at the end of last year. And the first game dev union I can find, and the first one that really popped up on my radar was Game Workers Unite. UK in 2019 mm-hmm. was the first official trades union representing any game developers I can find. Is that is that a fair picture? Do you think? I th- as far as I can see it, that's kind of the timeline. Um, mm. Was and then like right before we got our vote as well. I guess Raven down in the United States. Right. So I wanted to ask about how you feel about the announcement today as a recording that Microsoft has entered a quote labor neutrality agreement quote with Communication Workers of America CWA the uh, group working with Raven. Uh, so this is quote legally binding according to both the CWA and Microsoft end quote and it ensures that Microsoft will recognize Raven software as union after the acquisition goes through as well as a bunch of other provisions about not interfering not pressuring like as i understand it's like one of the most comprehensive progressive deals a company has ever signed with a union and and certainly unheard of in the tech sector uh is that fair to say yeah when i saw that announcement today i was um i was really really floored actually i wasn't expecting to see that move from them mm. um from my, what i understand it with raven software is they've been having a bit of a hard time with Activision and everything so far. So to see the to see Microsoft come out and say those things um, was really great. And I, I I'm not a I'm not a hundred percent on the labor specifics with uh, the United States because they're you know handled a little bit differently. But uh, if if it is what it says it is, and in in both sides are are being open and honest about it, I I'm really excited that they're taking this new stance. Uh, maybe, maybe keywords can Ooh. do the same thing, right? <laughs> wink, wink, <laughs> nudge, nudge. Hey, look, precedent from Microsoft. Bam, bam, 
Could I paint a picture of how the keywords union came about from my perspective as someone following the story and you fill in the gaps and we ask some questions along the way. How does that sound? I love it. Let's do it. Dateline, Monday, April 25th, 2022, 12.55 p.m. Mountain Time. Reddit user Keywords United, capital Y-E-G, made a post titled UFCW Local 401 Board Union Application for Keyword Studios QA. This was posted in r slash Alberta, tagged Tech in Alberta. Uh, this was the, as I can tell, like official announcement. Uh, are you Keywords United Y-E-G? No, actually, that's personally not me. Um, mm. It was another one of our members okay. who uh, posted it on Reddit for us. But um, yeah, that was sort of the day of the official announcement. So that day we kind of did a bit of a, a media blast with that uh, sort of with that release. We sent it out to all the, uh, you know, the online uh, media outlets and even even local media outlets and everything. And then mm -hmm. we thought, hey, you know, let's throw this up here on Reddit as well. It's just sort of the R Edmonton, it's local news. Um, we sort of looked around and said, okay, who wants to post it? And someone was like, ah, I'll get an account and do it. So, um, <laughs> nice. they, you know, we were like, so who wants to burn their Reddit account? No, they... Uh, <laughs> They actually took it down initially because it was like a brand new user. And then they messaged the mods and were like, hey, this is the situation. And they just put it back up. Oh, good. So, um, and then I believe actually that the first sort of um, that was sort of the first public facing announcements uh, mm -hmm. of, the, of the campaign. The first article I read that day published at 519 Mountain Time, just uh, under five hours later, was from The Verge. Uh citing that UFCW has become the, quote, certified bargaining agent, end quote, for a group of staffers at Keyword Studios. What exactly does that mean? And how did you go about getting a certified bargaining agent? Yeah, of course. So one of the original conversations we needed to have when we were forming our union was, do we want to do this by ourselves or do we want to uh, work with an already existing union? And just due to the nature of the companies that we were going up against, we figured we were likely going to need some additional resources and, and sort of guidance because this had not really ever been done before, um, let alone here in Alberta where they have different labor laws to BC. And, and so we said, okay, we're gonna shop around for a union, mm. um, my already existing union. Um, there weren't uh, too many that existed here in Edmonton uh, that had any sort of a tech focus. But we did uh, find uh, UFCW, so the United Food and Commercial Workers Union, uh, who had helped uh, many different workplaces in the past unionize, and they had helped you know, some IT workers and such uh, unionize. And so we just sort of did like a reach out to them to sort of ask some questions of how we wanted to proceed. We didn't even tell them who we were working for at the time, but we were just looking for some more information on the union and if we could unionize. And um, then it, ended up we just sort of kept working with them and then our we eventually told them you know okay this is who we are and uh yeah they agreed to help us so they the local 401 here in edmonton uh agreed to take us on and uh they you know assisted us with uh union cards leading up to the application they uh handled sort of all the back-end legalese of filling out all of the forms and dealing directly with the labor board so we didn't have to. Mm. Um, and so they were a we were really able to tap into their labor knowledge of just sort of what they had um, 
already formed in the past, right? We're just working with all the different unions uh, locally. So they had, you know, lots of information and lots of, uh, you know, resources available to us. And they also gave us a uh, organizer as well that was assigned to our case. So if we needed anything, any day or night, they were were there to assist us. So we sort of uh, tacked on with them. And that's sort of why they're our official bargaining unit, because we will be forming like our, our, QA sort of group here in Edmonton, um, but we will sort of be part of the larger USCW family as well. So that was my next question. Does this now mean that if anyone in this United Food Commercial Workers goes on strike, would that extend to other workforces? Because as I understand it, the, the goal is to put as much pressure on as possible. I think it's really going to depend um, we're on how our contract ends up shaping Mm. um because we there there could be strike provisions and things like that in that negotiation um so i can't really say yes it would no it wouldn't um obviously we would always want to support our our friends in labor Mm. um however every situation is going to be completely unique and i would be surprised if um we were sort of called into any sort of general strike um Mm. anytime soon or anything like that uh, at least until we we're finished with our negotiations, which is could be an indeterminate amount of time with with keywords. Mm. Uh, and more generally, how did that that first day feel? You hit publish, you hit the media blast. Uh, what what was the vibe at keywords in the sixteen of you? So it was very much like we're holding our breath moment uh. because we have no idea what's going to happen next, right? So. Uh, while that was the first public facing, um, sort of, uh, announcement keywords that actually already been notified as of April the 20th. Interesting. So, uh, the labor board contacted, uh, keyword studios on the 20th to essentially let them know, Hey, your workers are looking to form a union. We need, you know, information from you to say these people work here and who can vote and all these other things. So they were notified on April the 20th. Mm. Um, However, they ghosted the labor board for quite a few days until they literally could not put them off anymore. uh, And then essentially started the process because they were, you know, doing things on the back end, probably where they needed to get their legal team together and formulate a strategy for this all happening i would love to just sit in that room and just watch all the management (laughs) read that email come in from the alberta labor relations board uh one thing i am curious about is were were you all talking about how you would vote from the beginning like were you all like uh, all 16 of you or or any subset of you like i would vote yes would you was that a conversation from from day one so ahead of the actual application going to the labor board, you need to have at least uh, 40% of the workforce mm. sign union card. Okay. So um, sort of what we did uh, early on was we were just sort of cold reaching out to, to other individuals at the workplace who we knew were, uh, you know, a little disgruntled with the way that things were going and building out the community a little bit more. And then when we brought in UFCW, uh, they actually supplied us with digital union cards, which was great because huh. historically you would have to sign like a piece of paper and pay like two bucks or something like that. But we all work from home. We're all over the city. So it was really easy to just go. Here's a hyperlink. Fill in your info. Hit submit. Cool. You're you know, you've signed a union card. That's great. 
And then we would uh, invite you into our, our union discord. So mm-hmm. you could talk to all the other members of the QA team that had also signed union cards that were involved, right? So mm-hmm. um, it was kind of a nice way to sort of be like, all right, yeah, you want to be part of the movements, um, sign this card, awesome, you're in, now we can all talk about it. So by the time the labor board had informed Keyword Studios, we had about 14 union cards already signed. Nice. So we were we were pretty sure that we were going to win. <laughs> um, it was just a matter of time. And that was sort of why we were all just kind of we were all there together, just sort of waiting to see what happened. You next. knew the <laughs> union was forming. You didn't know how people would respond. Correct. Yeah, we we didn't know how the how the employer would respond to it. We didn't know how the public would respond to it. So it was uh, very much a. Uh, well, here goes nothing. How would you characterize, and I'm curious about three groups we can go through, how would you characterize the public response to the announcement? Uh, I would say overwhelmingly the public response has been very supportive. Oh, I fuck mean, you're always, yeah. gonna, you're always gonna get you know people online with their comments just being jerks. But mm. overall, I would say it's it's been really great. We, we saw great support on Twitter. Uh, we saw people coming out of the woodwork from different, uh, organizations coming out to congratulations it was it was absolutely fantastic. oh i was fired up i was i was living that day that was one of the best mondays i'd ever i'd ever had <laughs> awesome awesome i'm glad to hear that how would you characterize the reception from your employers so uh when i say employers i'll say keyword studios gotcha uh, because uh ea <clears throat> ea bioware to this day still no real statements or anything and i imagine for a variety of legal reasons they can't say anything mm-hmm. um and you know uh, they're they're an entirely different organization so our employers keyword studios i would say reacted hostily initially okay they were they um had some meetings set up the following day so uh on the 20th the application was submitted and then on the 21st uh a some employees were pulled into meetings with management and HR and given like, mm. you know, disciplinary notices like, oh, hey, if you mess up one more time, you're out of here, you know, kind of thing. Um, huh. You know, empo- employees, I didn't really have any uh, problems previously in the workplace and, and were good employees. I don't want to like oversell them too much because one of them was me. Right. <laughs> but yeah, like we did. All right. All right. So speak to yourself. Did response. you felt yeah. that that meeting that disciplinary meeting was justified. Like, did that make sense outside the context of them just figuring out you're trying to unionize? It really didn't. Um, I had never had a meeting like that before with HR and, you know, they're going, well, we're going to have to give you a right. Cause it was, it was, it, it, I reached out to everyone mm-hmm. personally. Like I was the point of contact for reaching out to individuals about the union cards. So I figured, Hey, maybe they're just, they figured it out. They figured it's me whatever you know so i just kind of went in with a bit of a cool attitude about it you know and just let them play their cards but essentially uh i got not so much a demotion uh, i was basically moved out of the position that i was in into a lesser position of same pay same hours so there's re- there was really no change to my work life other than what i was doing in a day um but it was definitely felt like an isolation move because the what the work i was doing before I would say probably about 20 plus hours a week. I was in meetings with other individuals Mm -hmm. and uh, I went down to pretty much just being in only like team wide meetings. Like don't, you don't need to talk to anybody else for your job, you know, kind of thing. So, so if I understand this correctly, the day after your employer found out 
you guys were going to unionize. Uh, but four days before the public found out, they pulled you into a disciplinary meeting where they changed the role only, uh, not your pay, not your, you know, status, not your anything else, uh, just to change your job so that you talk to less people in the week. Well, I, we can't prove that. <laughs> it definitely seems like the case, like, cause that is essentially what's happened, right? It is, uh, it, it's it's a very common union busting tactic mm-hmm. uh, that's used that you try to like isolate, you know, malcontents in the workplace. And I had been vocal with management in the past about workplace issues. So I figured if they were, you know, putting faces up on the wall and saying, OK, who do you think it is? I mm-hmm. figure I would have been near the top of the list anyway. And I wasn't the only one that was uh, w- that was targeted in that way. But it definitely felt like they were hitting people who they felt could definitely be a part of the movement as sort of a scare tactic. So that is infuriating. And uh, we'll (laughs) we'll set up some, some questions I have a a little bit later, quite nicely. I would like to ask lastly, how would you say the, you would characterize the reaction of your, anyone you interacted with at Bioware? I don't know how much you talk to other devs there. Yeah. Like we obviously do have, um, contact with them on a daily basis and mm. I, I won't out, out them but uh, you know i do know many people who work at bioware that have, have privately expressed you know quite a great deal of support which was very nice of them and mm. i understand that they can't do it in a public capacity and uh but yeah we we, we did get a really warm reception nice. from there but obviously not from any sort of into institutional level gotcha so the story for me ends or or stops monday april 25th uh i didn't pick up again until monday may 9th uh this is another report from the verge who really earned the name the verge on this reporting they were like the first story (laughs) for every single one uh that the company employing a group of bioware contractors keywords has reversed a policy requiring the workers to return to the office according to an internal email viewed by The Verge. Did you send that email? Can you say? Um, uh, yeah, actually, I think that, uh, I don't know if that was from me or not, because I, I think they talked to a couple people. Okay. But yeah, essentially a company email was sort of sent out to all of us. It was, you know, you don't have to go back to the office. <laughs> the, re- the return to office policy was, of course, one of your key, uh, one of the key demands of your employer and one of the reasons that motivated you to, the, to form the union, correct? Yes, actually, it was. Uh, it was one of the one of the main reasons. So how I really want to know, how did it feel to get this email from your employer giving you one of the key demands uh, of your organizing effort before it even gone through? Oh, it was great. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> the uh, originally we had been told that we were going to be going back to the office that week of uh the ninth. Yeah. Uh, so we had all had, you know, we'd all submitted new photos for new badges. We had submitted our, our vaccine records for, you know, the office and mm-hmm. uh, had set up like days to go in because I think my day was like the 11th or something like that, that I was coming in on. It was the Wednesday was supposed to be my first day, but some people were going back on the ninth. And so it actually was great because we got the word just the week before and it was just suddenly like, yep, you're not going back anymore. And everybody was just ecstatic huh. because uh, we had no idea it was coming. Yeah. And then suddenly it was just like, oh, yeah, we were all pa- preparing to go back to work the yeah. next week. And then suddenly it was, oh, OK, we're not going anymore. Um, OK. And that was really emboldening for us because we said, oh, if we all get together and ask for what we want, we get it. That's yeah, that's got to feel vindicating, <laughs> right? Like that, yeah, it, that's got to feel so good. It was it was it was great because it, it, it just. 
embolden us further because we said, oh, well, what else are they willing to negotiate on if, if we're willing to talk, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, there was up until that point, uh, we had had several management meetings where we had brought up our concerns with returning to the office and, you know, the, the financial impact that it would, you know, cost people to, to drive downtown every day because uh, the Bioware offices are located like pretty well right in the downtown core. Mm-hmm. So parking's like 250 bucks a month and then, you know, whatever you're paying for gas and we're making minimum wage, some of us as it is. So it was completely ridiculous. Which is like a little back. under $15 an hour in Alberta, right? It's a uh, exactly $15 an hour uh, in Alberta. So it's not much. <laughs> would you believe that's like $3 more than Nova Scotia? <laughs> I would actually, I, uh, they upped the minimum wage here, uh, like uh, during the, the last, uh, I think it was the NDP government. And had they not, I think I would still be making like, 13 or 14 or something like that disgusting (laughs) disgusting uh so was there any at any point any hesitation from anyone on the team really like past this point not really everybody uh well we actually got some more support too uh because what we found out was that there were other individuals that potentially could have also been unionized under us uh we found there were two more or three more workers actually here in Alberta that were working for keywords, um, but remotely uh, for a back a project back in British Columbia. So <sighs> that was really eye opening to us because that got the team talking. We like, well, one of the other large uh, negotiating points for us is a work from home flexibility, right? Yeah. So, um, and being able to potentially work on projects that aren't local to you. So say our um, employment contract uh finished with bioware on all their projects and such and Mm -hmm. we wanted to continue employment with keywords there's a precedent to show that we could work on other projects that are not necessarily local to us as well huh so did then those three devs get added to the total like that would be voting or no so the uh another uh tactic i guess that they tried to use at least what it appeared to us was to sort of what they call uh, stack the rosters. So their hope was likely that we applied with the bare minimum because mm. they didn't get to know how many union uh, cards were signed sort of before all this went forward. So they could come in and claim these extra people. And then that would sort of set us over the threshold. Maybe if we had only like six cards or something mm. uh, that we would be like, oh, they didn't ask every, you know, they didn't get enough cards. Right. So you got to go back to the drawing board right, and start the whole process over again. Mm-hmm. Um but we went in with 13. So the labor board came back and said, nope, yeah, that's fine. You know, it's all good. And then they went into the process of uh, who can and can't vote. And then ultimately throughout that process, those individuals were deemed not able to vote, which we were sad for. But we also never really got a chance to talk to them um, because I would have loved to. Hmm. And uh, just to see if, you know, there was anything we could do for them. But we also didn't want to represent anybody that we never had a chance to say yes or no to, right? Because at the end of the unionization vote, uh, regardless of how you voted, uh, you're part of the union one way or the other. Right? Mm-hmm. So we would, uh, we always wanted to give those people a choice, but unfortunately never had a chance to talk to them, but then they weren't able to vote in the end. Anyway. So it kind of just. Is there a possibility to expand it to them in the future? Um, I believe that if like they could join uh, the union if they wished, I'm not exactly sure the exact process of that, um, just due to the fact that if they're contracted for the other studio, if they would have to do it together or individually, I'm not sure. They would mm-hmm. have to talk to somebody who's probably a little bit more uh, informed on that. 
So I read that story May 9th. You guys find out the Friday before. Uh, and then that's the next part of the story until June 6th when the vote result is announced. Uh, how do you uh, get the uh, results? So the way uh, it sort of went was after they determined everybody who could vote, and that was sort of around uh, that time in May the 9th, they uh, mailed everyone ballots. Uh, so we just, you know, you get an envelope, you tick off your ballot, you put in a little brown envelope, you put that into a bigger envelope that's already pre-posted, and then you just throw it in the mailbox and it goes back to the labor board. Mm. So we had all sort of done that, uh, and we were just sort of waiting to hear the results and then we got word that um that the vote would be that day so we uh had to you know sort of send somebody to verify the votes uh so i went uh for you know uh for our union and they uh and when i say they keyword studios uh, sent a representative as well and it was just mm. a resume so uh was it, was it, the person it, who had that meeting with you because that would be really that would be really <laughs> no i oh, believe okay. it was just one of their legal counsel that they sent Boring. i don't i don't think they actually i know i was a little sad i was like oh come on keywords get into the kayfabe you know you're the you're the <laughs> heel you're the you're the person who's wrong you know so you, know, you got to spin off that drama but continue well yeah we were Actually, there were some individuals that we were maybe expecting to see there because uh, a few executives had flown into Edmonton. Because it's, an, it's an Irish company, correct? Um, it is, but they own a British Columbia studio, mm. the keyword studio there in, in British Columbia that we sort of work out of. Gotcha. So um, we work for a studio in British Columbia that's owned by Keywords, which is the Irish studio. Um, but yes, they did fly in some executives, at least for North American executives, into mm. Edmonton to try to talk to us uh, that following week after the unionization. Um, but nobody went to talk to them except for a, a couple of our team leads. <laughs> wait, but <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So you all got invited to talk to some keyword execs and you said no? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, that's, that's so awesome. <laughs> there, no, no one really had any interest in talking to them because they knew that anything that they promised or anything that they say that they could give wasn't binding and they could take it away at an instant, right? Without a, without a contract. So mm -hmm. no one really saw any, any reason to go talk to them. I know our, our team leads went and talked to them just as sort of like a formality, you know, kind of thing, but they weren't, um, they weren't like advocating really for the workers in the sense that like the union was trying to talk to them. It was just the sense that they wanted to come in see what the concerns were, hope some employees would come and talk to them. Right. And then maybe they could promise some bandaid fixes. But instead, yeah, the, the workers really didn't go talk to them at all. And oh, I, I think that. that sent a nice message. to Good, them. good. All right. I got to crack my knuckles on this one because also Monday, June 6, Keywords publishes on their website a statement. I would like to pull a couple words out and, and, and ask you how you feel they are characterizing the situation as a representative from the union. Yeah. Uh, they will quote, will continue to constantly strive to be a good employer, end quote. Uh, do you think it is fair to say they are continuing to strive when a unanimous union drive showed that everyone working there wanted the workplace to change? Do you think it's fair to say they are continuing to be a good employer as if they were a good employer before? I'd say, if anything, we're maybe going to start to see some changes. Okay. Um, kind of like I mentioned earlier, like we had a lot of conversations with them uh, leading up into this point where we tried to get a lot of these things fixed. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, we ultimately went to unionization because we felt we had no other choice because they weren't listening to us, right? And it wasn't a good place to work. So it's, I, I can't speak for all the, the keyword studios out there. I know every studio is a little bit different and everybody's working on something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But at least for us, we, yeah, like we have not seen um, exemplary behavior from keywords leading to this point. It's uh, why we unionized is basically why we're here, right? Keywords continued to say, quote, we want to ensure an engaging experience for all of our employees. And I think that's where it's really interesting because I would describe someone as engaged in a work uh, place if they needed that job to not be homeless and were living uh, paycheck to paycheck. Uh, So I wonder how you feel about the characterization of the goal being to engage employees. Does that mean anything to you? Well, the... (laughs) I think the employees are actually going to be quite engaged going forward. And I, this came in sort of, they have a, uh, like a town hall, right. That they have every, um, so often. Right. And they had one after our unionization announcement mm. and they have the system in there where you can sort of upvote questions to ask. Mm-hmm. There were questions in there about pay and compensation and everything with hundreds of upvotes. Wow. From, like, from people at the company. What's the total now, size? To, would you say? Of, uh, of everybody keywords. who was invited? Yeah. Oh, well, I, I think it would have been every person in keywords in North America was invited, but I don't know how many would have um, attended or how many did attend. But hundreds um, is, is a decent, like enough to be like, wow, that's a lot of the company. I mean, in the in, in the past when I had gone to those things, there maybe been questions with like 24 up. Wow. Most, okay. You know, kind of thing. So when I went, I went because I wanted to see, you know, after the unionization, uh, announcement had been made if they were going to sort of, you know, say anything or, or encourage anything during that time. And I was quite surprised to see the uh, the tone of the questions that the employees were asking had heavily shifted mm. to things about compensation and work from home flexibility. And, you know, what is the company going to be doing for our future? Right. Like they uh, keywords acquires a lot of studios. Mm. Um as part of their business model. I understand that, but we would like to see, you know, investment back in us too, right? Like the, the employees that are, that are still here. So, um, they're, I would say that they're being engaged by their employees now, and I'm hoping that they're going to, you know, continue to engage with them on a you know positive level. But to say that they were engaging with us previously, I, I'd like to say they worked with us, but I really can't. Uh, that brings us to, I think, the most definitive part of their statement, we take any concerns that our, ha- that our staff have seriously, period. Uh, James, do you find this to be true? In my personal opinion, I've found it to not be true mm. um, because of, uh, you know, the fact that we did try to bring these concerns forward and work with them leading up to this, right? They, le- they left us really no other option other than to unionize because... They were ignoring our concerns and we had legitimate ones like the fact that, uh, you know, the the bioware office, for example, and they had all the right to put in a covid policy that say, hey, if you're sick, you know, don't come into the office. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, we have no sick days at Keyword Studios. So if we take a day off uh, for to be sick, right, that's a vacation day uh, to be paid. Uh, out of your own pocket or you, or you just don't get paid that day. And if we're no longer allowed to work from home when we're sick, well, you're putting us into a lot of binds. And, I, you know, even after these concerns were brought up, they really didn't have much interest in solving them with us. 
You are also in the province with the worst COVID health outcomes out of any province other than maybe Quebec. I would say that there was a legitimate concern at the time. Mm. Like you guys would be going in to fix busted elf animations in a city setting up field hospitals to treat COVID patients because the hospitals were overrun. After we had been comfortably doing our jobs from home for the last two years, yes. The last part of the statement. Oh, sorry, continue. Do you have a point on no, that? No, no, no. I was just saying that, like, it was it was two years later, and that was that was it. Right? Like, yeah, it you'd been doing it for because. two years, and it had been working. Had you been meeting? Had you been meeting like deadlines as they were laid out? We had never had any sort of productivity concerns or anything like that ever addressed with us that we weren't meeting our targets or anything. We have KPIs, right? Like, mm-hmm. and we, you know, as far as we know, we're hitting them. They close out their statement saying, we will, again, continue, quote, uh, to have an ongoing dialogue with all individuals on the Edmonton team as we move forward together, always learning and improving. Uh, You've had the best, now try the rest. Uh, Would you say that they have been in an ongoing dialogue with you since this process started? Uh, We have not heard a word from keywords since the actual vote happened outside of that statement that you just read. Um, They've have not tried to engage with us workers in any capacity since then. Huh? So uh, safe to say that is not true. I think we can say that. (laughs) Yeah. I will say to their credit, the ball is a little bit in our court right now as we establish our negotiating position Mm. and that'll be, the next time they deal with us will be when we submit them that proposal. But um, yeah, no, we have not, uh, we've not had any offers or any sort of um, uh, request to, to chat or anything like that since, since the vote. So we're kind of just uh, going at our own pace now and we're going to send our own negotiation proposal and that'll likely be the next time that we engage with them. Has keywords in your experience always been learning and improving? Um, they definitely haven't been improving at my workplace, um, whether they've been learning, um, again, I can't honestly say, uh, we're hoping that, you know, I don't want you to put a spin on it, but we're hoping that they can learn to work with us as Mm -hmm. a union as well and show that we, we're not here to be scary either. At the end of the day, we just want to make sure that, uh, we're able to take care of ourselves and, you know, earn a, you know, sustainable living. Uh, At the same time that we just get to work on the things that we like. And the one thing I have noticed a little bit about keywords is there's a little bit of disconnect, I think, between the the middle management and the frontline staff. Um, I find that a lot of their staff aren't a lot of their management staff don't have a lot of game experience. They don't have a lot of game development experience. So they I think what they need to do is they need to make sure that the people overseeing their teams are aware of what their teams are doing because if they're not then they can't be those champions right of those you know concerns and things like that that need to be uh, cleared up so i i do hope that we can see some improvement in that direction that's it for for their statement i have a couple of questions if if you don't mind me taking a little absolutely, bit more of absolutely your time. No. in your in your uh interview with cbc you mentioned that you don't think there's any reason to fear unionizing um do you still hold this to be, to be true? And do you think that, uh, or what would you say to someone who is, who is scared about trying to start this process like you? 
I can totally understand. I can totally understand where that person's coming from because I was afraid too at the beginning. I said, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, am I going to get blacklisted and never get work in this industry again? Um, or, you know, is this going to blow up and it's going to fail and we're just going to fall through? And there, there's so many worries and so many doubts. Um, and then I, I basically learned that, yeah, there really is nothing to be afraid of um, because what you're going to learn really quickly uh, when you start reaching out to your fellow employees and talking to them of what the sentiment's like. And if you're getting to the point where you're like, I think I need a union network, you're probably not the only one there that's already <laughs> thinking that. And I was, I was really, I was surprised, but relieved at how receptive my coworkers were to talking about it. Mm. Cause they were like, we had some that were, oh, hell yeah, brother, like sign me up, you know? And then there's, you know, but we did have some that were like, well, I don't, I don't really know what a union is. I don't know what that's about. Right. So it's a lot of, a lot of learning and a lot of teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, like it, it's not without its, its risks. Like we talked about earlier, right. With the things that happened with my job, but a, a lot of those things can be all just cleared up in negotiations. So one of the reasons we didn't push forward uh, or push back on a lot is because we knew we had it in the bag. Right. And we just said, let's just get it to the vote. We're going to win. And then we can start dealing with a lot of this. Yeah. And so if you feel like you're in a workplace where you have like a lot of support, you, you can probably go a long way faster than you think, because all of this has happened way faster than any of us ever. A thought. month. A month. I'm looking right here. From from my mind, I saw this story Monday, April 25th to June 6th. A little over a month, you union, you 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 created James. You guys created the first video game dev union in Canada. Can you uh, pump your fists a tad? You know what I mean. <laughs> Oh, I would man. say a big contributor to that was Keyword Studios playing a very important part, mm. <laughs> getting everybody onto the same page. That's true. No so, one's a better no one's a better union organizer than a bad employer. Oh wait, I didn't exactly. say that. Uh, <laughs> last a uh, last bit on that CVC interview. You mentioned that uh, you were more concerned about changing the poor conditions for your colleagues than for your personal prospects, and as you just mentioned, uh, trying to start a union at a contract QA studio, not even from within an established studio, um, probably makes you highly undesirable to any ununionized uh, video game studio with an HR department from now on. Was that a calculation for you? It was. And ultimately, I, I came to the realization that, says, you know, if there's a studio out there that I'm, I'm, I'm going to interview for someday, right, or I come across a hiring manager's desk or something like that, and they go... All right, well, let's look at this guy. Oh, he formed that union in like Edmonton or whatever. We don't want unions here. We're anti-labor or whatever. I don't want to work for you anyway. Mm, you know? Yeah. I, I, I don't want to work for a company that, that wants to, to weed out people who just want to make things better for their fellow employees, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, what, what kind of an organization? I work for one of those right now, you know? <laughs> and, we're, and, we're, and we're trying to change it It'd for the It would be a sidestep, right? huh? Yeah, I wouldn't want to step back to a place that was that was hostile or, or anti-labor or anything like that. And uh, it's it, it, it really is difficult because I uh, I personally I don't hold like a post-secondary degree in like game design or computer science or anything like that. But I work with some people who do. And these people are incredibly skilled, intelligent beings. And I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm watching them get paid fifteen dollars an hour. And I'm just like, man, you're getting hosed because this is what you want to do for a living. And this is your passion, right? Mm -hmm. And not all these people want to work in uh, QA, right? They want to be game designers. They want to be level 
designers, environment artists, and everything, right? Mm -hmm. So to see them just be like, well, I got to get put through the ringer just to do what I love. I'm just like, you know what? We can make your life a little bit better. And I care a little bit more about that than, you know, potentially some interview or our job in the future. You were ready to fall on your sword. Also, a lot of this is my fault. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I know that's, 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 that's really, I find admirable. I will say I'm curious, this obviously, obviously is percolating in people's minds. Uh, Is there any communication? And I know you probably can't say much between you and other Bioware devs after this vote in, in an effort to extend the union. So I can't speak on any of that, though, if there are any Bioware employees or I would say employees of any uh, studio that just want to talk, um, you probably got at least one or two ways of getting a hold of us. Um, if you work a link in the show notes, <laughs> you have probably a lot of ways to get in touch with us. Um, but you know what? It's funny because we I, I look at a place like Bioware and I don't even know if the conditions are the same because we don't have the same insights. For it. But I do know that. In comparison, they're very well compensated and they do have a lot more benefits. But I also know there's a lot of studios out there that don't. So mm-hmm. I and, and I don't know if it's across the board. So if you do ever want to just reach out to us, we're happy to help you. We have lots of resources to put you in touch with whoever we can even to help. Or maybe we know somebody from your work who's already interested mm. in some cases. That might be true. You can, uh, you can connect some dots that weren't connected. Exactly. Right. And if even just to get those conversations going or, you know, if you just want to ask us a few questions like, hey, we're always available for to help out anybody who who wants to go through the same thing, because we know it was a, you know, it's it's a it's a challenge, but uh, it's it's well worth it. I guess last question to round out the interview and you might not have anything else to add, but is there anything you know now about forming a union and organizing a workplace that you wish you knew at the start? Um, yeah, that it was actually a lot easier than I thought it would be. Um, <laughs> Beautiful. And I know that sounds funny, but like it, it, it just like I thought it was a lot of the labor related, you know, issues that you see uh, come from the United States. I find so a lot of people's uh, preconceived notions about unions come from a lot of that media. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the situation that's going on with the unions in the United States is very different than the labor protections and things like that we have here in Canada. So when I found out that was, this was maybe going to be like, over in a couple months, I was what? I was like, no, I, there's no way. There's no way. This is going to be like, we're going to be at this for years. And uh, then it's like, oh, it's like June and we're done. Yeah. Like not done, but like right. we've, we've, we've formed you've our union. Yeah, we've unionized, which was the, the big reason to <laughs> the to whole, the whole deal. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, now we all we wanted to do was get to a point where we could have a honest conversation with the employer about our working conditions and we've we've hit it right like that's here we're at june and uh it was so easy with digital union cards and uh, what i would suggest as well is if you are looking to form your own union is uh reach out to another local union at least for advice uh, mm. because it's it, we did get some good advice from our from our union that was quite helpful, right? Like it's mm-hmm. just things you don't really think about uh, that just come along with unionization that you want to be aware of. And even just having someone available. I, I have this random question about the union. I'm going to text them real quick. Awesome. You got back to me in five minutes. I know, wow. I'm, you know, yeah, like it's just Invaluable. having that that. That that lifeline is is so good, and to know that you've got somebody on your side is always uh, helpful. So, yeah, I would say that that would be my advice anyway. 
All right, there it is. The process of unionizing, easy. The sentiments <laughs> at your workplace, suss them out. And the future of the industry in Canada, a tad bit brighter. Thank you so much, James Russ Worm, for your work and for taking the time to talk to CanadianGameDevs.com. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure, and I appreciate you having me on. Uh, we'll leave the uh, link for the union and, or I guess your KWS, right? It's uh, Edmonton United. Sounds like a football team. <laughs> I love that. The, the, uh, yeah, the, the, Twitter, the Twitter link there, if you ever want to get in touch or anything like that, that's a great way to. Sorry, so. sorry. It's a soccer team. You're in Alberta. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. Thank you so much, James. And uh, to all those out there who are struggling in the games industry, it's possible and I'm so fired up. Part of who we are making peace to build a future strong united.